in the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening, night or day, in this world. And of course, I thank you for tuning in. And I also wanted to thank the listeners that have tuned in in Indonesia. Your support and listening is very appreciated. And this is episode number 132, Insightful Information, the midterms, and fuel prices. What to expect really soon. Did it go your way? Did it not go your way? Well, uh, many of the Republican pundits were expecting a huge uh, red storm or a red sea. And the fact is that didn't exactly occur. So, depending on what uh, position you fall on on that spectrum that may or may not have been a surprise to you, but I want to tell you something that may, in fact, be a surprise to you. Um, it uh, Overall, in the overall big picture, the good news is, at least it's re- reliably proven, is that in the end result, it's not going to mean a doodly damn. Okay? Okay. And the reason for this is that it's not meant to. Now, in all the time leading up to it, all of the hoopla and the endless pundits and speculators and analyzers, um, well, that's their job. Their job is to keep you entertained. And uh, they did a really good job of that. And like I said, it is, after all, what they get paid to do. But in the final analysis... Um, it is what it is, and ultimately, it's not really going to mean a doodly damn. Now, if you don't believe this, for example, perhaps you consider, uh, call it what you will, call it a, a notebook, a notepad, since we're just starting this thing now, maybe in your particular state, city, county, what have you, with your representatives who may have won, or even if they were not who you wanted, and whoever else is new coming in, perhaps from a different party, um, all you have to do, you can do it now, is go back on their um, promises that they made Uh, during all this spectacle 
And whether it was three or four or five major points, um, you know, just make a note of what they said. And, uh, you know, whether it's three points, four points, five points, and write it down, be, you know, very, you know, specific, but concise. And you may as well tear that page out, fold it up, put it in an envelope, seal it, and then open it in, say, six months or eight months. And I'm willing to uh, prophesy that very little, if anything, on those points will actually come to fruition. Ain't going to happen, folks. Because that was not the purpose. The purpose of the show is just that. It's a show. It is to keep you distracted from what is clearly going on around you. And if you're like most folks in this country, um, it's not good. The things happening to you and yours is not good. And for the close foreseeable future, it's not going to get any better. So, that should tell you something right there um, that a uh, different system needs to be in place. One of them, one of the tenets of such a system would be real and verifiable um, being held into account, being taken account of. This is why I said <clears throat> quite some time ago in a previous broadcast, um, instead of, say, having a senator and perhaps, you know, instead of automatically good, bad, whatever, that they, um, um, you know, they basically get a free pass. And if or when these things do not come about, they can be fired so that we can have a collective, let's say, vote of no confidence and get their ass out of office. Now, that doesn't currently really exist, and there's no surprise why it doesn't exist. Because, well, that obviously threatens their job security. And so, for instance, whatever promises are made, well, like I've said before, that's called a lick and a promise. And as a matter of fact, if, if, which they aren't, but if they were completely honest, they would know that there's no way in hell that they're going to be able to accomplish or that they're willing to accomplish what they promised. Because they know 
that that's not part of the deal. The real deal is to be and to remain members of the club, what I call the club. So you get in the club, and you don't do anything to rock the boat of the club. And if you do as you're told from the higher-ups who actually are their owners, then you, meaning them, they're fine. Because that's what it's really about. But don't fool yourself. Don't flatter yourself. By and large, they don't give a rat's ass about you or me. And that is the truth. It's sort of like the the idea of, you know, that was put forth in the various mob movies about being a made guy. It's all about becoming a made guy to be a member of this club, which gives you some power and authority and uh, a lot of money and a lot of perks. They don't talk about the perks, but these are some very, very lucrative perks, very special perks that you and I don't have. So if you bear that in mind, then you won't be surprised six, eight months later, okay, give it a year of your life, when pretty much either nothing has really changed, um, matter of fact, it may have even gotten worse, but you see, at least, instead of getting angry, you'll just look at it and you'll say, okay, that." is correct. That's what Ernest said. <laughs> and I'm not making fun of this. Of course, this is all really bad news. Yet, it's the truth. And somebody, even if it's little old me, that tells you this, at least it's good to know, because at least if you know this, if you know what's coming down the pike, at least you have some chance to prepare for it, as opposed to just blindly saying, well, I voted, and or I protested and voted, or I did this, I did my part. And now it's time to, you know, sit back and <clears throat> see what the government's going to do. I can tell you what they're going to do. They're going to continue to do exactly what they have been doing. And that isn't about you. It isn't about you. It's for the members of the big club. And so, at least you won't be angry about that because I told it to you, folks. And I keep, I can't stress this enough, you know, 
try to get this uh, notion of a D or an R out of your head. Because, actually, they play for the same team. There's one actual team. And one actual club. Now, to keep this farce going, they have to pretend that there really is a huge marked difference in their ideologies and so forth. But at the end of the day, they play for the same team. Club capital. And nothing goes against club capital in the end. So, <clears throat> now that I've mentioned a little bit about that, I'm sure that's got you feeling all wonderful, warm, and fuzzy. <laughs> but, bearing that in mind, then comes the second part of this act, and if I am wrong, I'll eat my hat. Well, okay, I won't I won't actually literally eat my hat, but I think you get the point. Um the outside reality of living of things which cost money that we need to live, like Fuel, for instance. Fuel for our cars and fuel for heating our homes now that winter is here. I think you're going to be very surprised by the end of this month, certainly by the beginning of December. I'll be generous. I'll say one or two weeks into December. I'm being generous. But I think it's going to occur actually much sooner. I'm thinking more like towards the end of November. You can look for, are you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Imagine fuel prices doubling. Double fuel prices. And that includes diesel. That's just two parts of this that are going to be dramatically imposed upon us. Let me tell you why. And this, before I go in, into this any deeper, this only represents a partial reason or reasons why this is going to occur. And it's going to occur. Make no mistake. You see, you've noticed that several months ago, we had the spike in fuel prices. And, you know, depending on where you lived, we were talking, you know, five, six, seven bucks a gallon. And that really got people hot, of course. And then it mellowed out. And then prices came back down. I think 
now it's roughly around, I don't know, five sixty a gallon for gasoline, I believe, roughly. But um, that's not going to remain. That was meant as a temporary reprieve. And what Biden did, and this was absolutely done on purpose, was despite everything else that's going on in the world, like, well, one of the big problems, not the only one, but one of the big problems, of course, is the conflict with Russia and Ukraine. And there is a fuel crisis also in the Middle East and with Saudi Arabia. So what he decided to do was to go into our reserves. And that's fine uh, because it had one primary purpose, and that was political. Because as long as the necessities of life are reasonable, then, you know, the masses of the people aren't, you know, going crazy and wanting to, you know, burn down the capital. Um, so he dipped massively into our reserves of, you know, fuel and diesel and all that. And the idea specifically was to do that as long as we had enough to get through the midterms. Because if you uh, look at it from this point of view, it's sort of like <clears throat> putting off the bad news and the punishment until a certain point when it's time to leave the party when you're the person who's consumed all the food or you promise to provide certain things for the party and it never came and you're very gracious and you go around to all of your guests and then as the clock ticks on and you're watching the clock and it's like, okay, they're starting to get antsy now. And then you quickly start telling people, looking at your watch and saying, oh, my goodness, uh, well, I'd love to stay. But look at the time. I have, a, I have a dying aunt in Poughkeepsie that I need to visit. I'm terribly sorry, but I have to be leaving. Hey, it's been a wonderful party. See you later. And that's basically what is going to be taking place here because those reserves are going to give out by the end of this month. And uh, this is not an exact timeline, but pretty close. And uh, when people are starting to have to pay for gasoline that is double the price, perhaps conceivably even triple the price of fuel, man, you're going to see some social meltdown really quick. And in addition to that, we most of our products, especially 
in the U.S. of U.S. origin, our, our food for our supermarkets, our stores, they are, of course, trucked on, well, trucks. And, or, in addition, trains. Both of which run on diesel. And there's not going to be adequate diesel. And so, this is a scenario for a shitstorm. But, the, as far as I'm concerned, it was enough, everything was just enough to have favorable conditions and do whatever you need to do. And he's telling these people, he's talking to these people, and he's like, you know, I don't give a damn what we have to do. Just get us through the midterms. And that's what they did. That's what's happened. So we've bought the farm again. And um, we're going to see... We're going to see what happens. And maybe, just maybe, if I turn out to be correct, maybe you'll be scratching your head and saying, damn, I didn't realize this. And you can thank me later. <laughs> but seriously, um, yeah. That's what I believe is coming. And I, I'm at a loss to tell you what to do to prepare for it. I think, of course, that that's going to largely have to do with your personal circumstances. If you're in a situation where you can um, actually stock up on fuel, I would do so. And I would also do the same with foodstuffs. And I would do it now. I would actually say, do it yesterday. <laughs> but uh, certainly do it now. Do the best you can. Because this is going to be rough. This is going to be jolting. I believe it's going to be something that's going to make the couple of years, the whole COVID thing, by comparison, look like a tea party. Because this is something that, you know, most folks here in America, they, they simply couldn't wrap their head around it. Protest. <laughs> Protest? Protest will be the least of our concerns. And I and I absolutely believe this to be true. And that's, you know, that is because that we collectively have to work and most folks simply don't have the time and or they don't have the interest to um, actually, you know, confront what's coming down the pike. They want to be entertained by whatever this charlatan or these charlatans and sycophants are telling you. 
because <clears throat> there is a huge difference if a person such as a Musk or Brazos or any of their ilk, you know, it's it's a whole different matter if financially the uh, the stock market, if their portfolio loses three or four tenths of a percentage point. Yeah, there's there's a difference between that and the market and their life and all the lives of their supporting little minions because they they have the fucking politicians in their pockets. This has been the case for at least 40 years. So, you know, their hardships are going to be very different than the hardships for you and I. And, you know, the thing is, this is not something that I take any pleasure in at all telling you about. I would, I would really love nothing more than to say, hey, you know, happy days are here again, singing the song. as what they did with, you know, famously with FDR and the New Deal. They were, then it became a national big, huge hit. Happy days are here again. You know, that, that one. Yeah, I don't see the happy days here anytime soon. But for the lucky few, especially the new ones, the new pups that have squeezed through the door and convinced the masses to get them into office, it's good time. It's good for them. They are happy. They are genuinely happy. Because, you know, it's the equivalent of, uh, you know, finding, finding your ass, getting your ass on a uh, lifeboat off of the Titanic. Yeah, they're very happy. And as long as they can keep this unmitigated Ponzi scheme going, the longer they can do that, the more money they make. But that doesn't change the reality of the situation. So, what this in turn means, it's kind of like, and you know, I I do enjoy using visuals because I don't have the equipment and or the technical expertise to make these really fine, very polished videos to emphasize my point, like, YouTube videos that many people do um, for those reasons. So I have to use, you know, imagery for you to, well, make up your own little image in your mind. That's why. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the old, the old school, uh, school kids game of, you know, duck, duck, go kind of thing. And they put the chairs and the music starts and every time they pull out a chair and they're walking around, the music stops. The idea is elimination and people get eliminated. Well, that's what they are trying not to do as this thing goes on is, you know, they don't want to be eliminated. So the old, the old guard 
people like Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and uh, Mitch McConnell and um, a whole whole other you know groups of you know <clears throat> government theft artists. Um, they're fine. They're fine. They're certainly their immediate families fine. Hell, for that matter, depending on how many millions or billions of dollars they've stolen, they're they're all good. And they can talk about the thing and the, what's going on. They can talk about, quotes, the crisis in America with our democracy in these detached, um, esoteric, word salad terms that, you know, a normal person listens to and they say, you know, this is all gibberish. What the hell are you saying? And that is, that is, you're exactly right. That is the point. There, the whole idea is to talk a whole lot, but not really say anything. Don't get to the point, be, you know, deflective, and just talk a lot. Talk to the press, and the press has already been, you know, given their lines of questions they are allowed to ask. And this whole charade, and this is nothing new, folks. This has been going on for many years, but now... Um, things are different. Things are different in so many ways. And the crooks of today, um, they, they are the, the, the level of greed and theft, um, is unprecedented, not just in the history of the U.S., but in the history of the world. And so, eventually, you know, it affects the masses of the people because you can't just keep stealing and stealing and stealing and endlessly stealing. You know, people have to, on their morning commute to work, what do they do? They stop in, I don't know, to a Starbucks and they, you know, do their Starbucks run or you know, whatever it may be to get your coffee and donuts and goes on the card. Goes on the card because they don't keep any cash. And for a lot of folks, their whole life is on that card and um, they don't have any cash. And so they're perpetually in debt because they live on the card and that is what has been artificially keeping this Ponzi scheme propped up. But even, even the best criminals, they can't keep this thing going forever. They can't. Sooner or later, it's going to collapse. And... They can try to make little efforts to prop this up and to do this and to do that. But ultimately, it's not going to work. Because the whole thing is absolutely corrupt. And But the people through the midterms, 
they don't have to the one the winners and for that matter even for instance you know some of the uh the losers you know for instance i think it was uh you know fetterman the new guy um who defeated oz my joke about him is the here comes the wizard of oz <laughs> well he didn't win quote unquote but you know if he doesn't it's not the end of the world because again you're talking about people worth umpteen millions of dollars it's not like you know he's a farmer and with one or two or perhaps three seasons of drought he quite literally loses everything no no it's not like that for them so all these rich people, it's like a game. They go to Vegas, they spend a lot of money, your money, that is. It's your money. That's right. All those donations and so forth. It's your money. And so for them, it's like, you know, going to Vegas or whatnot, and they lose. And they make a, a, little, a little speech. Sorry, I didn't win. Mm. I wanted to win. I was hoping to be staying in office for at least another four years for all the goodies, but I guess I'll have to just waddle back to the private sector. So, yeah, this doesn't affect their lives in that way at all. Not at all. Not for a fucking minute. Not for a second. Nope. So they don't lose. If they win, they win. If they lose, they still win. It has nothing to do with our life. And I'm telling you, when you see this thing happen, particularly, particularly now that it's winter, when you see this thing that's going to take place, as I predict, in the time frame that I predict, yes, the proverbial shit will hit the fan. And everybody's going to shrug. And everybody looks at each other. Of course, there's going to be some media attention, even though the main networks, they're all owned by the same criminals. So they're owned by the same criminals, you know? So the questions are never that hard hitting about, you know, masses of people that are losing their homes, losing their their cars, losing, 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 and, you know, the problem with the fuel, and they can't heat their homes, and, and we're talking umpteen millions. Eh, sorry. Yeah, it's that whole thing. Let's deflect and turn the tension away. Oh, yeah, it's Putin. Yeah, that uh, that's it. Yeah, that's right. That whole thing with uh, Putin there. Yeah. Invading the, you know, that war thing and that's interrupting the oil and, you know, and then he's uh, connected, will connect him with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And so he's made them real mad. And so, you know, anything, just anything, babble, just fucking just babble, babble endlessly, any kind of word salad, anything, anything but them. And that is what they're going to do. 
For instance, if you asked if anyone could, which I don't think is really possible right now with the structure, the way things are politically and socially structured, that you can't, you can't get them in almost like a uh, a court type situation to question them. You can't do this. But if you could, if I could, to all of, especially the old boys, the ones from, you know, the old boys from the old clubs, you know, or boys, girls, generic term, don't want to come across as sexist or anything. But anyway, yeah, take the, you know, like Nancy, and if you've listened to me at all, you know what, how, how much of a, an absolute love and, and you know, um, admiration for Nancy. And talk about, she loves to talk about all the time, like all of them do, the American people, Ira DeMott, key buzzwords, um, the American, we're doing this for the American um, people. With our democracy, two buzzwords constantly, our democracy, our democracy. And so I would say something like this, really simply put, okay, that's cool, Nancy. So you love America. Yes, yes, I do. It's got the, the shiny eyes there, wide open. Yes, I love America and democracy and apple pie and puppies. And yeah, yeah, well, that's great, Nancy. And so you love American Americans, then certainly you could be perhaps uh, a bit forthcoming with some of that, I don't know, almost last checked, it was like, I think 450 or 480 million dollars uh, that you have. You could throw us, I don't know, 20, 30, 50, I don't know, 100 mil of that to help all the citizens that need help get people off the streets all of the things needed to help our schools and that's you know our roads our bridges infrastructure everything you wouldn't mind kicking us i don't know 40 50 mil off the top would you nancy would you really, Nancy? And bear in mind, by comparison to, again, Musk or Brazos or any other, all the other groups of, of these um, parasites, um, she's just one. That just and she's a relatively low rank among the thievery. You know her and McConnell and Schumer. You know all all they're they're the they're the peons of that club. They're not the big boys. You know we're not again talking the money of Musk or Brazos. Or, you, you know the names the real the big the big guys. They're they're the small potatoes, but there's a lot of them, and that's just from her pocket from her lauder alone now imagine if you did that for all of these folks you wouldn't hardly have any of the problems we're currently having here 
in this country that they love so fucking much. But of course, that isn't going to happen. But I could just, if you could imagine that, how hilarious that would be. And she couldn't turn away and she couldn't deflect and she couldn't walk away and she couldn't accuse me or have me arrested of anything. If people just did that relentlessly, and I mean to all of them, relentlessly, really? Really? You love this fucking cut? You love America? You love America. You love babies and puppies and, you know, apple pot. You're just, yeah. Well, how about demonstrating that love by letting loose of the lauder that you have over there? You know, that could really go a long way of helping a whole lot of folks. But that's not going to happen. Because they're oligarchs and they're members of the club, a big club. And as George Carlin said, but you and I are not in the big club. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here. <laughs>